Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, we are rounding off our top 10 stories of 2021, top 10 theological stories. If you didn't like any of the stories that uh, we talked about, uh, send in something uh, and we'll talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, send in something. We'll put that in our. In our file cabinet, our yeah, round, ask, ask our round file cabinet. <laughs> See, this is how you get listeners. You, yeah. you, you know, this is is, is excellent. <laughs> Stop being so negative, yeah, there, yeah, Josh. Yeah, yeah. It's like this is the gospel for life. That's this right. is good news. Hey, no, buddy. this is great news. So, um, our last one um, dealt with uh, something that happened about a year ago, January six. Uh, the U.S. Capitol riot um, and kind of the the after effects of it, it provoked a debate over what's called cra- uh, Christian nationalism. <coughs> of course, we saw uh, months of tension over COVID-19 um, and the presidential election and it exploded on January 6th as uh, a, a protest turned into a storming of the Capitol building. Um, some, of course, believe that the election was corrupt, uh, that they were trying to prevent the certification of the election. Uh, many of the protesters, uh, some of them, I, I don't know, uh, but some of them were carrying Christian symbols. Um, many pundits in um, the media said that these protesters were Christian nationalists. So that's really what we're focusing on is Christian nationalism. What is Christian nationalism? Well, <clears throat> This uh, may sound like an evasion, but it really depends on who you ask. Uh, It it has a really slippery uh, definition. And uh, depending on what article you're reading, and and I don't, don't, as far as I know, there is, now I have an idea of what I would call Christian nationalism, um, but uh, it's... uh, it's almost, uh, you know, draw a definition out of a hat uh, based on uh, the different ways that the term is used. I'm not sure I'm qualified to define Christian nationalism. I think Phil is right. There are, are many competing definitions depending upon perspectives mm-hmm. and who you ask. My concern is just this baseline. of, And if you want to define this as Christian nationalism, that's fine. What I'm concerned is when people put their trust and their hope in politics to ser- to solve problems that politics cannot solve, that only the gospel can. Mm-hmm. And so then it makes the, the, the primary work of a Christian um, about trying to redeem society and redeem others through the work of the political system instead of the work of of the church and the gospel. And so that's my concern 
And if that's how you define Christian nationalism, then I'm against it. Mm -hmm. um, but if you define Christian nationalism some way different, saying that the Christians should have uh, a voice and an influence and a role to play within society, then I'm actually for Christian nationalism. Um, because I do think that we are to be uh, salt and light. Um, we are to be those that bring the gospel into the very nooks and crannies of society. Um, society cannot be um, – you cannot just say you can't bring Christian ideas and ideals and principles into the public square. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. We are to bring it in. So if that's how you're defining Christian nationalism, well, then – I'm actually for it. Um, yeah. So it just depends on definitions. I think mm -hmm. that you're you're right. You know, there's there are when you look at it, you're thinking: is this a mission field or is it a battlefield? And there is an overlapping category there. Um, we can be co belligerent with uh, people in the sense that we speak out against uh, you know abuses, uh, but ultimately, what we're hoping for is that as a understanding that we live in uh, in a world in which we're called to spread the gospel into every community, um, our chief end is missions. And when hearts change, then uh, the political environment will change as well. Uh, you know, one of the things is we're living in this post-Christian influence, you know, and if we recognize that there was a Christian influence before, we realize that it was done by the gospel. It was done by hearts uh, changed and becoming obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. Well, my my concern is um, that I think that this language has been particularly weaponized to uh, uh, kind of attack any uh, to shut down any kind of Christian influence that would come into. Um, society. I mean, again, I, I've been bringing up several times in these top ten the idea of of ownership, uh, ultimate ownership. Christ owns the, the world. When He ascended into heaven, uh, Psalm two, uh, that prophecy in Psalm two was fulfilled. That ask of me, and I will give the inheritance as your nation. Uh, the, the nations as your inheritance. Thank you. The nations as your inheritance. Thank you. Uh, Jesus owns the world. Um, and one of the things that I'm I'm a little bit discouraged about is that I've I've seen an increasing number of evangelicals say something like that God would not be pleased if this was um, um, a Christian nation. I mean, the scripture says in Proverbs fourteen thirty four, righteousness exalts a nation, and but sin is a reproach to any people. Um, it is it is false. I mean, this is this is already God's nation, not because it's America, but because every nation is God's nation, and we have an obligation as creatures to worship, love, and obey Him. And mm -hmm. I, I, as we use the phrase Christian nation, I think you, as the listener, need to know that we're not trying to equate the United States with Old Testament Israel. Um, that is not in any way, sense, way, shape, or form what we're trying to suggest. Israel was unique in the history of the world in the fact that it was a theocracy um, governed and ruled by God that served a purpose to highlight um, the church. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so there isn't a, 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 a new covenant, if you will, equivalent to Israel. The church is the new holy nation yes, according that's to 1 right. Peter 2. That's right. Right. So but don't look at it in in a in a particular nation or country. Um, you're looking for it in the church. Yep. Um, so 
please just hear us right. When we talk about Christian nation, what we're talking about is a nation who bases its beliefs and practices on the foundations of the Word of God, mm-hmm. that we it, we want to um, incorporate God's righteous standards in how we function as a country. And so when we talk about that our nation was founded upon Christian principles, um, what we're saying is that Christian principles influence those that were writing constitutions and writing laws and those that were governing. And I think a helpful book on this is Francis Schaeffer's um, How Now Shall We Live? How Then Now Shall We Live? Yeah. Chuck Colson, curse you, Red Baron. Um, <laughs> And what he really is arguing is that all of Western society at one point had Christian influence, and that what has happened over time is that that has waned, that that has has diminished, and what we're doing right now is just living off of the capital of what we once had. Um, And he's arguing that that capital will only go so far, and once that capital is run its course, then we will implode. Yeah, and I it's a it's a powerful argument that I would wholeheartedly yeah. agree. There's with. a there's yeah. another book I'm currently reading called Reading the Bible with the Founding Fathers, Daniel Dreisbach, and he says in this chapter about um, Proverbs fourteen thirty four, righteousness exalts the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. He basically interprets that to mean that a nation's greatness or decline, prosperity or distress, is inseparable from the nation's conformity with God's moral standards as set forth in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, just look at the history of the rise and fall of nations. What has been the cause, I mean, what's been the cause of the, the rise? We were talking about this before, that it's no accident that, that the Great Awakening happened right before the, the Revolutionary War. But you look at the fall of nations throughout the Old Testament especially, what does God bring as an, um, an indictment against them that they have violated his his law. You know, well, uh, a, not 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 every uh, listener may be familiar with the Great Awakening. Um, <clears throat> maybe just to review that history a little bit, in the 1730s, 1740s, uh, 1750s, there was what's called the, the Great Awakening, a tremendous revival of Christianity with uh, widespread conversions to Christ um, in, in this continent. Uh, before the United States was founded, and it led directly to and it influenced the founding of this country, yeah. and it was the spiritual rooting of of this country, and uh, we've had uh, subsequent revivals uh, since then. Uh, even within my l- lifetime, the the Jesus movement. Uh, that uh, swept across America, and many, many people were led to Christ uh, through that revival. Um, But perhaps, I I said earlier that Christian nationalism is um, slippery to define, but maybe I would define it this way. Rather rather than through revival, rather than through conversion, rather than through the proclamation of the gospel, to try to reimpose uh, Christian moral values on America by by political means. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be the best for my from where I stand anyway. Although I, I would maybe just counterpoint the, the, when we're formulating <coughs> laws, we would all agree that that all laws are moral in nature. 
And so the question is, is moral in nature. Right. So the question is, is what standard? And this is one of the things Abraham Kuyper believed that, that no government can actually have a just standard of, of Mm -hmm. establishing moral laws apart from some ultimate standard. Right. And we, and we bring Christian faith into the public square. As as we've said earlier, we're, we're, we're not to be, uh, you know, the, the secular, Secular America would love uh, is putting tremendous pressure on Christians to totally privatize the faith, yeah, yeah. and we do. We bring the faith in, into the public square, and uh, we advocate uh, yeah. for, for for God's ways. But uh, when the when the church becomes primarily dedicated to politics rather than to the proclamation of the gospel. Uh, that to me would would be a dangerous kind of Christian nationalism. Well, the privatization of Christianity is also dangerous for society. Um, Proverbs eleven says in verse ten, "When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices." Um, but by but by let's see, when it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices, and when the wicked perish, there are shouts of gladness. By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. By the mouth of the wicked, it is overthrown. The, you know, these are contrasting things that we see in Proverbs, and we see that where anarchy is allowed to participate when righteousness is squel- squelched and put under and not allowed to have a voice, we see uh, the perishing of a society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this is this is not about Christian nationalism. This is about the permeation of values that outwardly flow from righteous living. Mm-hmm. The reason why it benefits a society to live according to the righteous decrees of God is because God is the creator of this universe and, and instilled within the world that He created um, a moral fabric. And so to run contrary to that is actually to run contrary to the nature of God's creation. Um, And that's why it is in the the best interest of a society to align itself to the principles of God's word, because that's how it was created. Mm -hmm. You have been listening to the Gospel for Life. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time.